0: Before the feast of the Passover, Jesus, knowing that his hour had come, that he would depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. During supper, the devil having already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come forth from God, and was going back to God, got up from supper, laid aside his garments, and taking a towel, he girded himself. Then he poured water into the basin and began to wash the disciples' feet, and to wipe them with the towel with which he was girded. And then, of course, Peter made a scene. And uh, complained that Jesus should never wash his feet. And Jesus corrected him and said, if I don't wash you, I have no part of you. And Peter then corrected Jesus again and said, well, in that case, wash all of me. And Jesus uh, responded by saying, no, if you've already bathed, you only need to have your feet washed. And then this happened. So when he had washed their feet and taken his garments and reclined at the table again, he said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? You call, me and, you call me teacher and Lord, and you're right, for so I am. If I then, the Lord and the teacher, washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I gave you an example that you also should do as I did to you. Truly I say to you, a slave is not greater than his master, nor is the one who is sent greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. Now, some of you are looking at me with terror in your eyes, (laughs) but don't worry, because today is Vision Sunday. This is actually part two of a two-part Vision Sunday series, where we're going to be spending some time as a church family, just sort of talking about what God has been doing in our midst and what God wants to do in our midst, and how we can get on board with that. Um, we even have a special ministry fair planned for right after the service for you to go out and find out more about how you can get involved in ministries, but. Before we get into all of that today, I want us to not get so bogged down in the details of all the specific programs and the specific numbers and things like that, that we lose sight of the point for just a second. Everything that we're called to be as followers of Jesus is about love. Jesus taught us to love. And he didn't just teach us to love with his words, although he had a lot to say about love. But he taught us to love with his behavior. He talked about it. He set the example countless times. And last week we even looked at Paul's basic summary of the way Jesus approached this in Philippians chapter 2. So if you have a Bible, go ahead and turn to Philippians chapter 2. We're just going to look at this very quickly again. Philippians chapter 2, beginning in verse 5. This is Paul's summary of the way Jesus approached life on earth. Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of men, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. So we're supposed to be about love, and Paul tells us, if you, if you want to know what I mean when I say be about love, just think of Jesus. Jesus, who is the eternal God, the creator of all things, the one who sits on the throne of heaven In the uh, ongoing worship of angels, out of love, humbles himself, empties himself, according to Paul's words, pours himself out, and becomes one of us, so that he can effectively save us. It's love. And then he sets the example for us over and over and over again now. Matthew 25, we, don't, we won't have to turn there, but in Matthew 25, Jesus tells a story. He goes, you know, one day the Son of Man is returning. And when I return, he said, um, I'm going to separate the peoples before me the way a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And I'm going to put the goats on one side and the sheep on another side. And he says the difference between the two will be how they lived, what they did. He says that the goats are going to be cast into hell. The sheep are going to be rewarded with eternal life in heaven. And what is the difference? It's not their religious affiliation. Even though there were a lot of people affiliated with Jesus. This is not their religious affiliation. It's not the amount of verses they have memorized. It's not uh, whether or not they have perfect attendance in Sunday school. It's not any of those kinds of things. He says, the mark of what it looks like to be one of mine is that you love like I loved. And so he says, if there's somebody hungry, you got to feed them. If there's somebody naked, you got to clothe them. If there's a prisoner, you've got to visit him. If there's somebody who is sick, you've got to help bring healing to him. But we should be people who don't just theoretically believe certain things, I love that song that we closed with about all these great doctrinal truths that we believe. We believe in God the Father. We believe in Christ the Son. We believe in the Holy Spirit. Our God is three in one. We have all this doctrine straight. And Jesus says, that's great, that's important, that's good. But if it's all here and it never gets to your heart and never works its way out through your hands, then you're not one of mine. He says, the mark, the sign... That God has poured his life into you is that that life pours through you into the lives of other people. That love of Jesus doesn't just go into you, it goes through you. In other words, being a Christian is more than just believing the right thing, it's actually letting Christ live through you in a life that has been submitted to him. So, you were handed a towel when you came in. I hope you all were. If not, get one before you leave. We have these towels for a reason. And the reason is we want to be reminded that when Jesus makes you one of his, by definition, he makes you a servant. By definition, being a follower of Jesus means that you're the one who's willing to pick up the towel and clean up the mess. It means that you're the one who is willing to always look at the needs of others and see if there's a way God could use you to meet those needs. It means that it's more than you just putting a bumper sticker on your car or joining a church or a denomination. It has everything to do with you letting Christ rule in your life in such a way that you're a person who carries a towel because you know that the moment is going to arise each and every day where God is going to be able to use you to touch somebody's life in a way that involves serving them. And so hang on to that towel because you're going to need it. I said, we're going to talk about specifics today. We're going to talk about that here. Mostly, the specifics will be at the ministry fair. Most of the time, though, a servant of Christ doesn't know the specifics in advance. We don't know. Some of you have been praying this week because uh, our dear sister, Irma Robles, was in a car accident uh, last Sunday right as she left church. On the way out, terrible car accident right out there. She's in an ambulance taken to a trauma center, and we're all praying for her. She's doing really, really well, praise God. But, but some, of, some of our folks were in the parking lot when they heard the crash, and they just ran to help. They didn't know that's what they were going to be doing that day. You don't know when the need is going to arise. You don't know when the opportunity is coming up you do know that God intends to put you in places where his light is going to be needed because you are the light of the world. And that means you and I have to be towel carriers. We have to be people who are ready to do what God calls us to do. We're ready to be the hands and feet of Jesus when the hands and feet of Jesus are needed. You never know when that opportunity is going to come up. Jesus had those times when he, when he was prepared for an appointment in ministry. There were times when he was invited to be the visiting rabbi in a synagogue and he would read from the scroll and he would preach. There were times when he actually planned a healing service where people would be brought to him and he would heal. But the vast majority of the time, if you read the Gospels, the vast majority of the lives that he touched, he touched along the way. There was a a voice crying out by the side of the road, one who was blind and needed to see, and Jesus touched him. There was a, a leper who needed to be cleansed, and Jesus, when everybody else was telling the lepers, get away, get away, get away from the teacher, Jesus said, no, 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 bring me to him. And it would touch him and bring healing to him. Jesus, who went out of his way to pass through Samaria when everybody else would go around so that he could accidentally bump into a woman by the well who desperately needed to be touched by the Savior. And again and again and again until he finally looks and sees a little guy who climbed a tree to see him. And he says, hey, come with me. I'm gonna have dinner with you tonight. And he changed his life and his eternity that day. See, you just rarely know when the opportunity is gonna come up, but the Holy Spirit wants to flow through us. And that's true for us as individual people, and it's true for us as the local church. The Holy Spirit wants to flow through us. Most ministry isn't planned. Now, today we're going to get into some details. We're going to talk about budget stuff, and you're going to hear about how the money of the church is getting spent and how God is using that. You're going to find out about um, various new ministries that are happening in the church and how those things are going. You're going to hear about ways that you can get involved in ministry and all that kind of stuff. All of that stuff is specific stuff, and, and that's really important. But what I fear is that somehow any of us might absorb this mentality that says the ministry is done on an official basis by the official ministers who plan to do the ministry. And while that's important ministry, that is about 1% of the story. The real ministry happens in your cubicles, in your classrooms, in your communities, in your homes. And we, as representatives of Jesus, have got to be people who carry towels. And so that's what he's called us to. And, and I wanted to share all that with you before we start getting into some of these details. We're going to invite uh, David Marley. Come on up, David. David is the church treasurer, and uh, he's going to be sharing some details with us about the budget and how things went in 2019 and how things are planned for 2020. Um, and I just want us to make sure that before we dig into this business stuff, we understand that the real business of the church is us loving people. Us loving God and God loving people through us. And when that happens, great things happen. Now, there's practical financial realities to that, and that's why I praise God for somebody competent like David to help us keep all this stuff straight. (laughs) And if you haven't seen David in one of these before, it's because uh, David is a new treasurer for the church. For the last about 20 years, Roger Ingebrigtsen has been the treasurer of the church. And uh, we praise God for him. Yeah, you can clap for Roger, I think you should. He's... And, and uh, you know, most of you know that he and Debbie have been just pillars in this church for the longest time and they just sold their house and they're shopping for a house in Texas and, and they're not gonna be with us on a regular basis much longer. Um, and so there's some transition happening in women's ministry as Debbie, who has served in that role for a very long time, is stepping out there's a transition in the treasurer situation david is incredibly prepared for this he has been a church treasurer in another church before he has an mba he has uh, a, a a ton of experience leading he's the director of infrastructure at california baptist university he's used to handling projects and keeping numbers straight is that a bad thing is that not no, actual no. is Manny, that Manny inaccurate over there yeah yeah okay, good. Uh, so I th- I, as long as I got it right. Um, so uh, David has uh, become the treasurer, and with that, there's been this transition in like the software that we're using and the way we're doing stuff. so we're making this transition, and David has worked a ton of hours just to make that happen. So thanks for that. Give us uh, what you brought us to, to hear about the numbers.
1: And just so you know, part of my face story. Um, I came to this church when I was about 11 years old. My my dad died when I was six, and Roger was like a father figure to me. His his son um, was actually Alex's, my best man in, in my wedding. So it's kind of cool. You know, we talk at this church about, you know, loving God, loving others, and changing the world. And, and Roger changed my world. And so, you know, I'm very thankful for that for
0: him. So. Yeah. Praise yep. God. All
1: right. If I cry, can I use your towel? You can. I have a
0: towel for just that reason. Yeah, if you got to blow your nose, that's right. on you.
1: So um, we have a slide here for you guys that um, explains the, uh, the income and expenses for 2019. And the first thing I really want to point out is, is the general giving. And when the budget got set for 2019, uh, when we, uh, everything figured out expense-wise, we said the giving would need to be about $298,000. And last year, the general giving was $309,000. Which is just amazing. Yes, praise God for that. It's amazing uh, okay. how God has used this church. Obviously, blessing the ministries. People gave above and beyond um, to to support this church, and so um, that's four percent over what was even projected, which is great. Um, so that's that first line item. The next item is that designated and other, and I, I like to explain that as that, that money comes in, but it kind of goes right back out, and that's in that in the operating and ministry section. It's things such like the Dodger game. You know, you collect tickets for that. Money that comes in for VBS, but it immediately gets spent. So that's that's kind of what's like a transition uh, fund for that. Um, and then, so that kind of breaks down some of the income. And when we go into the expense side, so the operating um, and then the ministry here was eighty-eight thousand. The budget was eighty-nine. But like I said, a lot of that twenty-six thousand dollars what is actually then operating ministry. So the church. Um, was very careful, um, the leadership is very careful in, in making wise choices and where to spend money. There's things that were budgeted that money wasn't spent on. There was some repairs that might have been uh, deferred, um, some ministries that uh, didn't need the funds that might have been budgeted for them. So you know, if you want to add about that.
0: Yeah, just to say, it, it's a little confusing when you look at those numbers. You got $26,000 in designated income, so it's a couple things. Like, let's say we have a men's retreat, and let's say... There's 10 men and it's 100 bucks a piece, so the retreat costs 1,000 bucks. Everybody pays their 100 bucks. That goes in and comes out, so it shows up as designated giving, but it just goes straight through our books. It doesn't. It's not actually part of what we budgeted for, right? But um, when you look at down below operating ministry expenses of 88,676, when you look at that number, now you're talking about. Um, money that actually got spent and that includes the money that came in for designated. So what that means is we actually spent about $25,000 less than we had budgeted on specific things and some of that is because we had, for instance, we were going to repave the parking lot in uh, 2019 and there were some holdups that kept us from being able to get that done that was beyond our control. So that's actually going to happen in 2020 and we budgeted for that in 2020. So that's money that didn't get spent, thousands of dollars that didn't get spent in 2019. So it's a little uh, off, but the the number that is really helpful is the 309. That's the money that actually came in as giving. And when you look at that, and the total that was spent was 299, that means that we actually brought in 10,000 more than we spent. So that's a really good thing. We're pretty good at this. Yeah, you do the math, okay. I'll do the explaining. <laughs>
1: All right, uh, next thing I want to really talk about is missions. Um, we, we break that out because missions is a huge part of our church, right? We, we're able, the, the monies that come in, we go to, you know, we're called to bless the local community, you know, the, the nation, and even the world, and so we support people through missions, and there's some people here who might not, you know, know about some of the different uh, missions that we do here, so Doug, you want to kind of talk about that. Yeah,
0: missions, as he says, is really, really big deal to us, and you hear about it some, but you a lot of times don't hear about the specifics, so I want to tell you about some specific things that um, we're doing as a church um, in missions. Um, one is there's a family that has been connected to our church, and we've been supporting for many, many years, Many of you know them. I'm specifically not mentioning their name and showing you a picture of them because a lot of their ministry is in the Muslim world and it needs to be kind of on the down low, right? So, um, but the family that we've been supporting, they, they live in the south of France and they're supporting ministry throughout the Middle East and Northern Africa. They're continuing to be used by God and do amazing things and we're supporting them and you get to see them. They're usually here. Uh, in the summertime for a little bit and we get a chance to to visit with them. There's a new family that is also in Spain and uh, that we started supporting last year, the Smalley family. And the Smalley family, some of you will recognize them when you look at the picture. They've been a part of our VBS and our children's ministry when they were here in the States. And uh, now we support their ministry. They teach, both the parents, Jay and Lisa, teach at the um, mission school in Camarma, Fran- uh, Kamar, France, Camarma, Spain. And um, the Lord is using them and neat things are happening. And rumor has it that there's a great chance they're gonna be here with us this summer and you're gonna get a chance to spend some time with them and hear more about that. Um, on top of that, we have had a longstanding relationship with Raining Hope. A children's, what started as a children's home in Uganda has now become a massive ministry. There's a local church, uh reigning hope has a local church now that is reaching the community the church that reigning hope has planted has now grown bigger than grace fellowship it's amazing what's happening there god's doing incredible things about in them and those kids that we have been supporting all of these years have been being discipled and they are now leading in this local church and amazing things are happening through them So uh, great things going on with Reigning Hope, and we're continuing to support them tremendously. Uh, And then some of you know uh, Francis Subi, who is a member of our church, who about, oh, maybe a year and a half, two years ago, went back to Africa. He leads a ministry called Wells of Hope. And uh, Wells of Hope is based in Uganda, but it's an international ministry, primarily aiming at ministry to prisoners and their families. The prison system, particularly in Uganda, but throughout much of the world, is completely corrupt. People there don't have the same kind of civil rights that we have here. So if you're accused of something, you're just thrown in prison and forgotten about. You don't get a trial, you don't get a lawyer, you don't get any of the things that we take for granted in many cases. So um, Francis is, is ministering in the prisons, but his primary ministry is with the families of people who are, outside, who are, who are prisoners their children are just completely left to just live in the streets. And so they have a huge ministry where they've taken in all of these kids, they're educating them, leading them to Christ, discipling them, and last year, we took on the responsibility of a church, as a church of sending all of the kids to wherever their parents were in the prison on organized visits to make sure they got to see their parents, which is unheard of, they had never done it before. So it's a really cool thing. And this year, we decided that we're just going to build them into our regular yearly budget, and we're going to continue to support the ministry of Wells of Hope uh, in Uganda. So there's a whole bunch of stuff like that going on. I didn't get a chance to mention everything we're doing in missions. There's other short-term trips. You're going to be hearing about more things going on. But when we talk about missions money, um, we've already decided we've budgeted that $24,000 or uh, this year it's uh, 17,000 budgeted, but it's gonna be far, far more than that because that includes all the money that gets raised for these trips when they come out. So that's what's going on for missions.
1: All right, our our next slide here um, we're gonna go to is gonna be the 2020 budget, so yay, looking forward to this year. So um, like I said, God continued just to bless church, and so you know, as part of that ministry, we're looking to continue to stretch and see how God um, uses us, so there's an 8% i did the math oh from good last job eight percent Yeah, eight percent increase from general giving uh to to balance for this year's budget so um once again that designated other line item is just kind of a general figure that will change uh, as for special programs but as we go to the operating ministry there's, there's a lot of the the growth there are for um a lot of these maintenance items you know this building is getting older um, the parsonage is getting older and there and there are uh repairs that need to be done, but as well as um, there's some planning there for us. Some of these ministries are really growing and they're needing more space. So we're having to explore areas of, of adding on and, and making changes to the, the space that we have, because we are, God has blessed us. We're bursting at the seams, right? So that's a great thing. Um, and then Doug already kind of talked about missions. The, the number actually lowered in general because uh, we're not supporting Thrive anymore, because Kimmy's graduated, yay, and, and married. So, uh, yay. <laughs> And then the last item there is, is savings. And so uh, we want to make a, just like in our own budget, it's important to, to save for those rainy days, to save for these projects that we don't know it's going to be in the future. So we actually want to be really make a concerted effort of putting a line item in there and saying, we're going to try to, we're going to save money for whatever is going to come here in the future that that will go gotta put before us.
0: Yeah, in the past we have saved money, we have a savings, but um, it has just been, we're going to budget this amount and then, if we get more or spend less, we'll be able to save. Well, if you try that in your home budget, you probably felt you figured out that that's not a great way to do that. So we literally have decided: look, we're going to put money into savings because there is deferred uh, expenses that we know are coming. There will be a need for a new roof on this building at some point. That's a big ticket item. We don't want to just go, "Oh, where are we going to get that money when that comes?" Um, and by the way, if you don't know, the church owns the house that my family and I live in, so that house has a need for repairs and things like that. So what we're doing is starting to build into the budget a savings portion so that we're not caught unawares and going, oh, what do we do when a, when a big ticket item comes up? So that's just your basic good stewardship, and we're trying to get better at it.
1: So that's pretty much the budget. If I ask you to use a coupon, it'll be for a good reason.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so if you have budget questions, look, clearly this is not our complex budget, right? So if you have questions, if, if you want a copy of what you see on the slide, then see David. He's got them here. He'll just stick one in your hand, okay? If you're a person who wants to know the details of how we're spending every penny, you have every right to know and we want you to know. Just email David, David M at, Grace at graceduardi.com and he will send you a thing that will keep you sleeping at night. It'll bore you to to tears, but but we absolutely, nothing is hidden with our budget. Anything you want to know, all you have to do is ask David, and he will make you aware of anything if you need any details. Okay? All right, Dave, thanks. Appreciate it. Um, So as Pastor Ricky comes up, um, what we want to do is we want to kind of shift the, the focus now from the dollars and cents to the actual ministry that's happening. And um, this uh, proved frustrating for us in the first service because we really don't have time to say hardly anything about this. So this is one reason the ministry fair is so important. Uh, as soon as we're done here, on the back patio, there's, there are tables set up where you can go talk to the people about every single area of ministry that we're talking about here today. So we won't be able to give you a ton of details in here. We're not going to be able to give you a ton of new vision and announcements of programs and stuff like that. What we're going to do is say, look, we're ministering in all of these areas. There might be a place that you can be ministered to. and There might be a place where you could plug in and
2: minister to others. So, Ricky, take it away and tell us what's going on. And some of you thought, oh, the football game starts in nine minutes. (laughs) Uh, And here's the deal. The outcome will be the same whether or not you're watching the whole thing or not. So uh, just go out there and and have a good time with us and and get plugged in. So here's what I want to do. I can't, like you said, I can't tell you a lot about every program that we have going on. So I'm going to just kind of go through the list of, of our main programs and give you some key information. And then we'll move on. So this is the way. Having programs are one of the ways that we are able to not only minister to you, but allow you to minister to others. And so these really are in place to foster growth uh, personally and to foster relationships. And that's really what it's all about is just creating relationships. And that's the way we like to do ministry here. Um, Face ID doesn't work when you have a mic in front of your face. There we go. I got it open. Uh, So our men's ministry, we're going to start with that. Uh, We have a men's ministry that is awesome here. We do a lot of things, a lot of special events. Dave Denstead, who is uh, unashamedly touting over in the corner, um, he is in charge of this ministry. And his email address is on our website. Every ministry that I'm mentioning, you can go to our website. There's a page for that ministry with the appropriate email address so you can contact this person. We have a Saturday morning Bible study that is awesome at 8 a.m. And we have special events. In fact, one coming up, the Blitz, which is February 1st, the day before the Super Bowl. We get together and, um, you know, give people a hard time if they actually have a team in the Super Bowl because it's not the Rams. And uh, we have a good time. We eat some food. And so the details about
0: that are in your bulletin along with a bunch of other stuff that you should read.
2: Correct. Uh, Moving right along. Women's ministry. So women's ministry is an awesome ministry at our church that we are currently a little bittersweet about because, as Pastor Doug mentioned, Roger and Debbie are moving to Texas. And so Debbie has led our ministry faithfully for years, and she will obviously be stepping down. Um, But we're excited at the same time because we believe God's making this move, and um, he's going to lead us and guide us. In fact, this week we announced in the Women's Bible Study... That the new leader of that Bible student on Thursday mornings is actually amazing. And one of my favorite people in the world, actually probably my most favorite person in the world, my wife, Vanessa, is going to be leading. Yeah.
0: I totally thought you were talking about me. And,
2: um, uh, uh. If, if he's leading, leading the women's Bible study, <laughs> I'm guessing the numbers will go down. But yeah, so Thursday mornings, that's that's available. We also generally try, and at some point in the year, try and have a Bible study that's in the evenings for women to make it more accessible for those that are busy or working. Um, and we also have special events. Our women's conference is, we, we've started doing this annually. It's been amazing. It's been an awesome, awesome thing. And then uh, there's other stuff. So keep an eye out. Your bulletin is always a great, fo- great place to find information about this stuff. And then the website as well and our church center app if you don't have that get it. Moving right along, our senior ministry. Yes, we are super excited about this. Uh, we just started this a couple months ago. Ed and Vicki Baldwin, as they uh, felt led to step out of children's ministry, they really had on their heart to start a senior ministry. And we've had that on our hearts as a leadership for about five years. So we're really excited about this. Um, having a, a ministry where People who are – somebody said 60 and over. What I say is if if you get a discount anywhere around town for your age, then this ministry is for you. Um, and so if you don't like the senior thing – Not the least, Kids
0: Eat Free discount, not the other one. <laughs>
2: uh, yeah, so we're super excited about this. In fact, you know, they just started this ministry, and I feel like it's just one of the most thriving parts of our church right now because – They've had all these events and people are getting to know each other that haven't really connected before and we're meeting needs that weren't met before and so I'm really excited about this and you should be too. If you're in that age group, um, get plugged in, find Ed and Vicky maybe at the back table and talk to them. Next up we have our young adults ministry. Um, Our young adults ministry we bill as 18 to 30 something. And so if you fall in that category, this is for youth Thursday nights, they meet uh, generally every Thursday night with the exception of first Thursdays, because that is the night that our youth group meets. Um, You know, this is a great ministry. I just want to say real quick, when we started this ministry, maybe about three or four years ago, uh, we looked around our church and said, you know, we have a lot of young people in their 20s, college age people, but a lot of them weren't connected. There was like a group of two or three here that were friends, a group of two or three here that were friends. And then like. The worship team were friends, and then and so it was very segmented. And we thought, this isn't how ministry should be done in our churches. It, sh- it should be relational. And so we intentionally started this ministry, and we grabbed all these kids and took them up to the mountains for retreat, and said, "You're going to be friends." Um, <laughs> no, but but we what we did is the very first thing is while we were up there, we had everybody download this app called GroupMe, which you, if you're in a, a group here that uses that, you'll be familiar, but uh, we use that for my grace group and the the young adults uses it. Um, And this group is amazing. It really shows what all these ministries are about are relationships. And so if you were to see what goes on in this group text, it's things like it's everything from, hey, uh, I just, I need some prayer for this because I'm having a hard time at work or, hey, this person in my family is sick. Please pray for me. I'm having a hard time with this. To, hey, the new Star Wars movie came out. We're going to see it tomorrow night at 10 o'clock. Come out and watch it with us. Who wants tickets? Jordan's smirking over there. That's him. Um, so it's really, they're, they are the epitome of what we want ministries in our church to look like. They're doing life together. They're communicating almost daily. And that is really what it's all about, is having people in your walk with you to walk this life together and to grow together. So it's our hope and our our dream that every ministry in our church would look like that. Um, So good job, young adults. By the way, Robert and Norma lead our young adults and they're awesome, they're doing a great job. Put your hands up. If you don't know these guys, they're right there. Um, Then go meet them, because they're doing a great job. We're so thankful for them. Moving right along, youth group. Youth group meets first Thursdays. This is junior high and high school, and Garrett is doing a great job leading this group. Um, One of the awesome things is we don't have a ton of kids that are in junior high and high school in our church, but what we do have is a ton of kids coming to our youth group. Um, These are kids that either go to a church where they don't have a youth group or they don't go to church at all, and someone invited them, and they just come. I feel like every month there's three or four kids that are new that we don't even know, and the realities of that are they just came cuz their friends are coming or maybe there's a girl they like or whatever it is these these reasons the the reality is this they there are some of these kids that don't have people at home that love them the way that Jesus loves them and so they're coming and they're being loved by people that love them the way that Jesus would want us to love them and so we're we're believing and we're knowing that God is going to change lives through this ministry and we're just we're totally happy with the way that it's going and we want more direction and if you love kids that age and you want to get plugged in, go talk to Garrett. He'd be happy to to help you out with that. Um, I want
0: to say one thing about that, too. In addition to this once a month thing that gets publicized where we have a big program and kids come, these kids are actually getting discipled. They're in small groups and relationships with our adult um, youth workers who are building into them, building relationships with them, helping them get to know Jesus and helping them just kind of grow up in Jesus. So It's not just a a once-a-month thing that's happening in youth ministry. All ministry is about relationships, and the youth ministry is about developing relationships that will help kids grow to know Christ. So really cool things happen in there. It's really another
2: picture of how we believe ministry should be happening at this church. Um, Garrett is being poured into and discipled, and then he is pouring into and discipling his small group leaders, and then they are pouring into these kids, and really that's how Jesus did it, and that's how we believe all this, this stuff should be done. And so... As we move along, we have our kids' ministry. Um, as I mentioned, Ed and Vicki stepped out of that role this year, and Marari has stepped up, and we're super grateful for her. I think she's actually in there right now. Unless I'm not seeing her. Um, she's doing a great job, and we're super excited for the changes that are going to be happening. And um, that's one of those areas where, where Dave was mentioning, we're, we're growing out of our space. So we're looking to God and uh, saying, all right, whatever you want to do here, and just trusting him and praying about what to do. but. Pray with us for that and just be grateful that um, God is thriving in this church and that our kids are, are thriving and so.
0: And that too goes beyond kids' connection, and these kids that you see scampering out on Sunday mornings, but it's our nursery ministry. It's our VBS ministry, which has been a life-changing ministry for so many. Uh, it's, it's discipleship that's going on with families. like there's a lot of cool stuff going on that is related to the children that God brings us in this church. really cool.
2: Yes. Um, Next up, we have our worship ministry, which I personally might be my favorite. Um, I don't know how you guys feel. If it's good, let me know. If it's bad, keep it to yourself. Um, So I'm just so blessed and honored that I get to lead you guys in worship every week and uh, that God has allowed me to be able to do that and uh, given me some gifts to be able to do that. So with that said, A lot of times, I know that there are people in churches who have gifts and abilities and talents and skills that they want to use for God's glory, but they might be intimidated or afraid to say so. So consider this your formal invitation to let me know if you are a singer or you play an instrument or whatever that is. Uh, We'd love to have you join the team. Now, let me clarify. When I used to watch American Idol, Simon Cowell was always my favorite person. Um, (laughs) Because he lives in a little thing I like to call reality. And that is, objectively speaking, not everybody that thinks they can sing, can sing. And that's just a, a fact that I heavily ascribe to. Um, so if you think you can sing, let me know. We'll get together and uh, we'll sing and together. And he will
0: crush your world. And, uh, <laughs>
2: so if you were into it, surely you're not now. Um,
0: but not just singers, musicians, musicians, anybody, right?
2: and you know, the band is just half of our worship team. The other part of our worship team is our tech team, which we're super grateful for. Let's give it up for them in the booth. They do a great job. You know, I, I, maybe I shouldn't mention this, but the worship team, uh, the band, they come and they, we rehearse early in the morning. And we play first service, and most of them sit through the first service, and then we play second service, and a lot of them leave because they either have to work or they just are hungry or whatever it is. Maybe they're football fans. Um, (laughs) But our tech team stays all the way through from rehearsal to the end. And lock the doors. A lot of times, yeah. They're locking the doors. They're uploading (laughs) sermons. So... We're grateful for them. If you like computers or you like this techie stuff, um, let us know. Come come, join that team. I'll mention, too, you know, we started a live stream this year, uh, which has been super fruitful, and we're really grateful for it. That's part of the, the things that they run. And just last week, we logged on during the sermon, and there was, I think, like 15 people watching live. And then when I went in to look at the analytics, they're literally all over the world. Like, There's a few locally, people who maybe couldn't make it to church this week. I know for a fact there are people that live out of state that log in every week and join us in worship. Um, And then there are people in other countries, even in Uganda and um, Spain and all kinds of places. So So hi,
0: people. Hi, people. (laughs) We're praising God that
2: um, through technology, the gospel is being preached and the word is being preached around Mm -hmm. the world. So grateful for that. Be a part of that. Yep. Um, And moving on. How are we doing? We're doing okay. As Pastor Doug would like to say, you're not listening fast enough. Um, But I'll help you out. We have a ministry that maybe you don't know about. You might have heard about it once or twice, but um, we've kind of renamed it, and that ministry is called the Fixers. Now, what this ministry is, I love this idea. This is the church being the church, in my opinion. Um, We have a group of guys in our church that... Have some skills, and whether those skills are to work on cars, or do drywall, or do random handyman stuff, fix appliances, um, they've come together and said, "Hey, when I, when there's a need in our church from someone who maybe can't afford to get something fixed, or maybe they can afford the part but they can't afford the service, um, or maybe it's something simple that they would we would normally do ourselves, but they're physically unable, um, they want to meet those needs, and so." Praise God that we have people in our church that are willing to do that and give their time. So I want to make something clear. This ministry is for needs that are unable to be met. They are not my lawn needs to be mowed and I'm too lazy to go do it, (laughs) or too lazy, too, you know, cheap to pay someone to do it. These are for needs, not wants. And with that said, if you have a skill like that, you think, you know what, I'm good at this. Maybe I could help someone. um, Get in contact with Fritz. He leads that ministry. And um, there's a, an email on the website that you can email, and we're really excited about what God's going to do in 2020 now that this ministry is kind of solidified and more people are knowing about it, and um, it's, it's good stuff. So next up, we have our first impressions. Yeah. All right. I got it right. So first impressions. This is a kind of a parent ministry at our church that uh, – an umbrella ministry that covers lots of things that we do here that all of them have to do with Sunday mornings. When you come on a Sunday morning, uh, we believe that first impressions are really important. There was a time in our lives, my wife and I, where we were looking for a church. We weren't in ministry, and we just needed to find a home church when we lived out of state. And it was very, very tough to find a home church. And I I realized part of that is because um, people don't always make good first impressions. Like, if you go to a church the first time and nobody says hi to you or is rude to you or cold, or um, you get cut off in the parking lot and you maybe get a, a gesture and whatever it is, all those things make a difference. Um, and you laugh, but I've actually heard that before, not of this church, but of other churches. And um, so what we want to do is make our first impression here at Grace Fellowship the best. And for no other reason, not to because we want to look good or, or whatever, we want to make people comfortable so that when they come and hear the word... They feel comfortable. They feel like they're a part of our family because we believe that's what it's all about. So I want to cover a few things that encompasses that. Just so that when you go out to the patio, if you want to get plugged in, you can talk to the right people. Um, our greeters, they hand out bulletins on Sunday morning. They're a smiling face. They might give you a towel when you walk in. Um, and that's that's one area to serve on Sunday mornings. Another area is our coffee ministry, one of my personal favorites, right? Um I love good coffee. We are an
0: addicted society, aren't we?
2: (laughs) Uh, You know, I believe coffee is one of God's. Yeah, it's it's all natural. I've heard that argument before. Go ahead. Uh, (laughs) For so long, churches had a reputation of just having awful coffee, and we fixed that.
0: We were actually the reason for that. Our coffee was terrible. When I got
2: to this church, I said, "Okay,
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'll come, but we we got to change the (laughs) coffee."
2: Um, so it's another opportunity, you know. If a visitor comes and they don't necessarily <laughs> want to talk to a greeter, they have to say something to the person at the coffee bar to let them know what they want, and that person is going to smile back and give them a delicious cup of freshly roasted coffee. Now I want to talk about the coffee real quick. Um, the coffee itself, we get it from a roaster that is in Colorado Springs, and here's why I'm telling you this. He's a great guy, and he has a business. He has a coffee shop there that's really cool and it's thriving, but. He has a second side to his business that he calls Mission Coffee. And what it is is they roast this coffee and they sell it to churches at wholesale pricing and all of the proceeds, not just a portion of them, go to the mission field. And so when you drink coffee on Sunday mornings, you throw a dollar in that donation jar, you're literally supporting missions directly. So uh, fun fact, now you'll drink more coffee, which means put more money in the donation (laughs) Just kidding. So. Next up we have our hospitality. When you go out on the back patio in between services, because you're all second service people, I know that you all come early so you get a chance to hang out with us in the patio, right? Yes. Right. Um, and if you're the, the people that come late, we love you anyways. But, um, but you're missing some good snacks. Because here's the deal. We have good food out there. We have snacks on the patio. Some of you don't even know what I'm talking about because you've never been back there. but. I would encourage you to come because when there's food, people gather, and they hang out, and they talk, and they have a good time, and that's what we want to do on this patio in between services, and uh, it's really, if you're just coming to church to hear some music and hear the word, you're only getting part of God's plan for your life on Sunday mornings. You need to connect with your family at your church, so connect with that church, so uh, that's that. This one I'm super excited to tell you about. We are over, but we're going to keep going. That's right.
0: Um, but you're going to they're going to listen faster.
2: Yes. <laughs> Welcome tent. So if you've been here for a while, you've seen this tent out front that looks cool, but you're really curious what the purpose is. And um, I'm about to tell you. Starting next week, we have we're going to be manning this tent and its sole purpose is for visitors. And, you know, I, I explained to you the philosophy of our first impressions ministry and what we want to do there. This is taking it a step further. If you're someone who came on, a, on our, for the first time on a Sunday morning. Um, we want you to stop by the welcome tent so that you can be introduced to people. You can be greeted by someone. There's going to be cards there with information about every program in our church um, if you're interested in that. But most importantly, we just want people to feel comfortable and have a chance to meet somebody. For example, if you walk up and you have kids, somebody will be there to take you to the Kids Connection room, maybe introduce you to the workers in there, show you where the nursery is, where the cry room is, um, where all this is, so that, that it takes the questions out of it. It gives you an opportunity to feel comfortable and to come into to worship and become a part of our family, because uh, we love that. So we're excited about that ministry that is launching next week, and um, Ryan and Andrea Bronk are going to be heading that up, which we're excited about. Yeah. With that said, um, I want to mention two more things that aren't. I don't have slides for, but you know, I've had a few people recently ask me about a directory. Um, and we, we talked about this about a year ago, I believe, and that is that we, we no longer print a church directory with people's pictures and information in it because nowadays it just gets really sticky with giving out people's information. Um, there have been lawsuits with churches and all kinds of stuff, and some people are just private and they don't want their information out. So what we have did to, uh, to help fill that need is we started a Facebook Grace Fellowship Family Facebook group. So if you're not on Facebook, I'm sorry. Sign up for it. Um, If you are, great, because you can join this group, and in this group, it is people that are regular attenders at our church, and it's a closed group, so you have to ask to join, and we'll say, oh, yeah, you go to our church, or no, you live in wherever, India, and I've never seen you before. So... It's a group where people can, we can meet each other's needs. We can ask for prayer regularly, like 24-7. You don't have to wait for the prayer email to go out. And it has pictures of people's faces and their names. So you can actually find people if you wanted to. That's that's really one of the the reasons people want a directory, so they can find people's names and faces and, and whatnot. So get on that group if you're not already. There is a link to it on our website if you go to, I think there's a resources page where it has a link to that. And... With that said, if you don't have the Church Center app, please download that. And if you have that, update your information so that we have your current updated information. I think I covered it all. Thanks,
0: man. Listen, guys, before I let you go, here's what I want to say. All ministry is about relationships. All of it. There aren't any exceptions to this. Jesus came and taught us his strategy for reaching a lost world and for bringing uh, love into the lives of people. And basically what he said was, he said, go make disciples of all nations, right? He said, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, even to the uttermost parts of the earth. His only plan is for the church, that's us, to actually live like Jesus. And so I gave you towels today Because I want you to understand that when you go from this place, I don't want there to be any one of us. If you're a follower of Jesus, I want you to know this, that you are commissioned as a minister. It is your privilege and your responsibility to let Jesus flow through you to other people. And that can happen in a million different ways, just like it happened a million different ways with Jesus. Sometimes a leper, sometimes a woman at a well, sometimes a priest that he would have a conversation with. It can happen in so many different ways. But you are going to need to see yourself as a servant if you're going to actually be a part of what God is doing. And so the towel is given to you as a gentle reminder. Do with it what you will. Some of you might want to cut a corner off of it and to hang it from your rearview mirror. Some of you might want to just put a piece of it in your purse so that every time you open up, you remember, oh, yeah, I'm a servant. Maybe you want to, you want to pin it to the inside of the cubicle where you work so you can be reminded, I represent Jesus here. I'm a servant. But one way or another, I just want you to have a tangible way to go. Ministry is not done by professional ministers. Ministry is done by people who have the Holy Spirit in their life and are living for Jesus. You're a minister. You're a minister. You're a minister. Don't let yourself think you're not a part of this big plan. If our church is to be what God wants it to be, if, if God's kingdom is to grow, Christians everywhere are going to have to start carrying towels. We're going to have to start seeing ourselves as people who live to bring the love of Christ to other people. When they came to Jesus said, hey, can you sum up the whole Bible for me? He said, sure. Here it is. Love God and love people. And, and if love is meeting needs, remember this, God has no needs. So how do you Love God. He told us, if you want to love me, love people. When they came to Jesus, they said, give us one thing. Jesus said, can't give you one thing because love God and love people are inseparable. You, you can't really effectively love God if you're not willing to love people. So you do those two things together. And so we need to remember, we should be towel-carrying members of the body of Christ. God has a plan for you to touch the lives of people wherever you are. Don't miss that opportunity. As we head out to this ministry fair, take a few minutes, go by the tables. Oh, by the way, if you're supposed to be at one of those tables, you're dismissed, sorry. Um, uh, So these guys are gonna be at the tables out there. So if you're interested in any of those ministries that Pastor Ricky just talked about, you're gonna get to find out details. You can find out details. Maybe there's someone you know who needs that ministry, maybe you need something that that ministry offers, or maybe God has gifted you to be a part of the ministry team in that ministry, so if you have an interest in finding out more about how I can get involved, you can give your name and information, and we will follow up with you, but I just want us to remember... We could talk about every detail in the world about some new programs we're going to launch and all that kind of stuff, and we will launch new programs, and we will have initiatives, and we will have things that we're doing all throughout 2020, but none of that's going to matter unless you and I are willing to be towel carriers. So I just want to encourage you to follow the lead of Jesus, pick up a towel, and when necessary, wash some feet. Let's pray. God, we just want to give you all the thanks and all the praise for your goodness and your faithfulness in our lives. What a privilege to be counted worthy to carry a towel just like Jesus was. What an honor to be invited by Jesus that you said to us, Lord, I am your Lord and Master. And if I do this, you should do it too. And you'll be blessed if you do it. So help us, God, to do it. We ask it in Jesus' name, amen.